Welcome to the Love and Grace podcast. My name is Joel Menken, and today in studio, we've got Ronnie Barker. Hello. And via Zoom, we have got Denise LaRue. How are you doing, Denise? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Really good. Um, Denise, um, I, I exclusively brought Ronnie to make sure he was here for this conversation because you guys have so much history together. So I, I'm wanting to dig into that and, and, uh, find where love and grace has been permeating through your guys's lives. So Denise, let's start off with, uh, where's home right now? Well, home is old Washington, Ohio, and, um, just a little bit east of Cambridge, Ohio and um, full of snow, like I'm sure it is in Dayton. That's and, uh, and most of the country right now, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Denise, did you grow up in a Christian home? You know what? Um, I want to use that term loosely. We we did go to church, right? Um, actually, we were kind of. It was like a gimmick when I was looking back about it in seventh grade. And then um, we kind of didn't believe what they believed anymore. And my mom um, actually was awakened to Christ and we went to a different church. So, um, you know, we were taught a lot of things um, that probably I wouldn't believe in now, but it was a good foundation for us. Okay. We were older though. Just, I'm sorry. We were older. Mm. We weren't, you know, we weren't raised in the church, so to speak. Like we didn't go till we were probably, you know, 12, 13. Okay. Um, what led you to an encounter with Jesus? Um, I think, I don't know that I had encounters with them. To be honest with you, I had encounters with the church, um, I knew about him. So I think probably it was when I was an adult, actually, where I really started having encounters um, through knowing Holy Spirit. And then that led me to knowing Jesus. That's that's a very interesting, um, interesting path to 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 be to be in a uh, an understanding of the holy spirit and then realizing jesus was there and 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 the level of relationship that he wants so um what what are what's the path that got you to to an understanding of jesus through the holy spirit i guess in 1999 i mean i always like knew about jesus but in 1999 i don't know it was something just changed in me and i was like this is not the path I want to be on. Like, wasn't that I was like, um, sinning, sinning. I just was like, okay, this is, I'm done. Right. I really want to change my life. And, um, I started like seeking him out. Like I started, um, first really getting to know Holy spirit. And then after that, I've always been, like progressive in my own walk of faith. So I started seeking out different um, venues, different people that I, that I heard speak that were kind of off the grid or just new and um, 
God, God brought amazing people to my life to, to bring that knowledge that there was a little bit more than what I had been taught. And so, um, that path included, um, you know, walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit or, or just really here lately, like being Jesus centered, which was an amazing, um, just so amazing to experience. Awesome. Well, um, let's, let's, um, go with Ronnie. Ronnie, what, what led you to the church that, that Denise is in and where did that, where did that start? Yeah. So, um, it's kind of an interesting, cause this even calls back to when you had originally asked me kind of the, the trail that I was on, so to speak. Um, I had gotten, I, I say I had gotten mixed up with them. Um, but I was introduced to the church that, uh, Denise and I had met, um, through the son of the youth pastor at the time. Um, so we had connected, um, at school and then, um, coming to the church, I started to kind of get more of this, um, I would say this grounding of, you know, I, this is something I actually want to be a part of. It's not just it, it, like it started out as like a social thing for me. I got to be around people who were friendly, very accepting and welcoming of me. Um, and I started to actually, as um, you know, an, a young kid in high school, actively wake myself up on Sundays to go to church. Mm. And it took me about 30, 35 minutes to get to where this church was at because um, I, I lived out in the country. Mm-hmm. So... Um, once I had kind of taken the initiative to start, I guess I would say to start digging, um, for myself, um, it was in that place when I had encountered Denise, um, and her husband, Jack. And when we had first met, I was, it was funny cause, and Denise, you and I have even talked about this. It was like, well, I don't really know these people, because it's one thing when you're, you're like just a young kid and you have other people who are like super welcoming of you and be like, yeah, you know, we want to spend time with each other. We think mm-hmm. you're cool. But then when you meet like people who are older than you, um, essentially like the adults in your life and they're like, oh no, we are wanting to be invested in your life and we want to be a part of your life. We're fascinated and interested in what's happening. Like that was very different for me because I didn't have that. Um, I had my family mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, okay, your family, you know, they're, Hey, how's your day going? But then I have people who you didn't really think like, why would I have anything in common? And then you start to realize like, Oh, like these people genuinely care about me. They, they genuinely want to support me and encourage me in what I'm doing. And when I think back, um, Denise, you were one of the first people that really just zeroed in on me and, and just kind of in all reality kind of jumped in there like right in the middle of the field and started digging with me. And that's kind of what got me going with that. That kind of gave me something like, okay, I can, I'm not doing this alone. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Well, but Denise, how, how did you get, what got you into that congregation at that at the church? 
a, a marriage. You know, I married Jack. I, w- I was actually active in another church, and uh, I felt like, you know, Jack had given me the grace to stay at that church, but I felt like um, it was time to leave mm-hmm. when I got married, and so I I uh, jumped right into the church, and and then you know I'm listening to Ronnie and and. Uh, oh my gosh, like I forgot all of that. And it was such a good reminder to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love, we. Well, I love Ronnie. My husband and I together love Ronnie. And um, I felt like he, he, he has like so many people, they just need somebody to believe in them. Um, so much uh, great potential as a human, not just as a Christian. Yeah. What what were some uh, turning points in in your relationship from from uh, understanding Holy Spirit was was leading guiding you to a relationship with Jesus? You know what I think it was that um, I've never been one just to like um, listen to one voice. Like I I caution my friends sometimes who are in the church. The only um, voice they'll listen to outside of Holy Spirit is their pastor. And, um, it, I, I feel like it sets up, you know, um, disappointment, um, you know, hardened beliefs based on what somebody's believed. So I, um, I would just listen. I would listen to Holy Spirit and, um, and sometimes he would just say things to me, even when I'm not asking. Right. Mm -hmm. We're always like, well, you know, we're always like so attuned. Um, But sometimes he just gives you a nudge. Right. Like it's not like you're asking. You just have a thought. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's what happened in my life. Yeah. It kind of makes me think of uh, like. Cause I, I can definitely like track with you on what you're saying, Denise, cause it's, it's almost when I think about it, like if you're at a gym and you're doing something mm-hmm. wrong or like, there's just something that's like, this is just kind of how I'm doing it. And then somebody comes alongside you and they're like, right. well, here, let like lift your arm a little bit more cause you're going to hurt yourself. Or mm-hmm. even, I mean, I, in every area where there's this sense of building um, and constructing, um, I honestly, I'm hard pressed, even like within my own education, I am hard pressed to find a situation where there is nobody willing to come alongside. Right. And if, and if that's intrinsic to us and our nature, how much more true is that to Holy Spirit? That is like, I think that's where we get it from. I think that Mm -hmm. is the spirit in us that wants us to come alongside it's it's that center of union or yeah it's of union and oneness that that the spirit is constantly drawing that's really good ronnie i i agree i think that you know it's always been god's heart right uh there's a quote that um i i can't, I can't remember maybe dr Brene brown but you know that we're always looking at the face of god in our neighbor. Right. And so um, I I don't forget that. Like, like it doesn't matter that they don't look like us or believe like us or walk the same path as I do. You know, I'm still looking at 
the face of God in them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to um, Ronnie for a minute. You know, um, one of the things I loved about Ronnie is when I first got to the church, he um, he was going on a missions trip to China with um, yeah. the then pastor. And um, I thought it was so brave, right? Like, Ronnie, how old were you? Oh, goodness. I had just graduated high school. So. Right. So... 18, 19? Uh, I think 19. I was 19. Okay. So here was a, an adult, you know, willing to go, you know, to the far ends in, in many ways, right? And and in dangerous ways, right? Like he wasn't just going for fun. He was <laughs> doing, you know, dangerous things. And I think I always admired that, you know. Um, I told Jack... Jack is my husband, um, one day that he's a risk taker and I'm not. And so he pushes me in a way that um, is very uncomfortable for me, except, um, you know, in like other facets of life. But when it comes to um, my path, you know, with um, with Jesus, I am a risk taker. It's just those other things that kind of make me like, I don't know about that. But here I have Ronnie, you know, 19 <laughs> willing to go across the world, right? And and love people that he doesn't know. And and in in reality we'll probably never see again short of heaven, right? right? And so um I love that. I loved that um he was adventurous and 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 brave and and kind-hearted, right? It's uh it's a quality I'm probably going to get a little bit in trouble here when we talk about stories, but um, you know, that, that kindness is so overlooked today in, in, in today's society. And so here was a 19 year old, you know, willing to do that. And then um, Jack and Ronnie um, were in a mentoring situation for, I don't know, Ronnie, a year, two years. Yeah. It was during our um, in-state class. Yeah. 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 And so, um, so when I'm going to be real here, when Ronnie left us, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we were sad that we were, you're we so glad for him, right? Because so many amazing things came out of that. Joel, you came out of that, mm-hmm. right? Ronnie moving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was, that was so good. And then, um, since I have a little bit of liberty here, I feel I'm good going to talk about where I've been, you know, the last uh, couple of years, something started changing in me. And um, I, you know, Joel, we did a conference together. And I talked a little bit about the dark night of the soul. And it was it actually prepared me for last year, because uh, it was hell on earth for me last year. Mm. And, um, and so I didn't falter. Right. Like I, I didn't went when, when there was a time when something was going wrong in this house that we inherited and, and the water pump wasn't working. And I know way too many things about a water pump now, <laughs> but, um, and, um, I just was sobbing and I, I, I just said this, who do I have but you, Jesus? Mm-hmm. I knew this. You're still good. You're still good, even even though the water pump is failing, and um, 
this is like the umpteen thing going wrong in our remodel, right? Jesus was still good. And that kind of changed my whole life. Like I, last year, I, um, I actually left, um, the church, right. And, um, I love them greatly. I still fellowship with, um, people from the church and, um, but I just knew it was time to, to do something different. And, um, and the pandemic kind of pushed that we, um, we are caretakers in the summer for my mom and, um, my brother and I switch off and we, I just couldn't go to church, right? I couldn't bring anything back to my mom. So because of health issues. And so I was literally secluded in the house in the woods, as I call it. And, um, I would get up early in the morning, right? It would be me and, and Jesus, but, um, I actually became a part of a group called Jesus Collective. Mm. And, uh, I know you've had Keith on before and other people, right? Yes. And um, so it opened up a whole new world to me. Like I had to look at what was in my heart. And I, and in that collective, you know, it was so unnerving because they were, most of them were like, I don't want to say most, but some of them were uh, pastors and the majority were, right? And um, they had, they had, um, they were Anabaptist. Can I be real here? I didn't even know what an Anabaptist was. I had to look it up. And, um, so their way of life, you know, they're Quakers or Amish, but they're different variations, Mennonites, former Amish people. And it, it was, it was life changing. Like I learned about so many things that I just didn't know about, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I learned to really meditate on Jesus and um, not just the Bible, but on Jesus, who is the word. Yeah. And, um, and so I just started a path where I was like, I actually read this book, so you don't want to go to church anymore. <laughs> and um and so um this, this might not be the time to say that but um but but out of that I was sharing with Ronnie you know I've we have the, I have a gathering every couple of weeks or every month it depends on who it is but um where people just come together we wanted to grow organically mm -hmm. like like I wanted to grow in such a way that that it was about love and grace, right? I, I didn't want to, you know, perform or, and I've got out of the performance a while ago, but um, that I just wanted to embrace people where they were and watch them grow with me together and separately. And I think last year was, you know, there were so many good things that came out of the pan pandemic, and that was one of them. You said last year was very difficult. Is there anything anything else that that was a challenge that that you made through? You got through. You <laughs> shared a little bit with Roddy, but you know, we uh, Jack lost his job at the end of November the year before, 
Okay. And then the pandemic happens. That's always a good time to look for a job. Um, <laughs> and um, my dad passed away unexpectedly, mm. like literally unexpectedly. And um, my mom um, has some health issues and he was our caretaker. So we were scrambling. My sis- She lives part time in um, Lakeland, Florida, which is a great place to be right now. And um and then part-time here. So that was it. We had to remodel a house, which is a lot of work. I had no idea, right? And um, then I battled COVID, right? Teaching remotely. I mean, it was just so much. And um, and then and then at the end of November, December, I just felt a, a shift for us, right? Like, um, Jack passed his cybersecurity test. Um, the house is almost completely, uh, you know, redone. And um, and now here I am, you know, with you guys and um, looking so forward. Like, I, I think part of it, you know, Joel, is that um, it, it was hard because when you're, you know, when you're just in with Jesus, right, Lots mm-hmm. of people don't understand that. It's it's you know it's almost like a like you you've left them you've betrayed them. I, I don't know what the wording would be, but it was um, it was it was so beautiful, right? There's I learned to lament. You know that was something that I've never been taught, like how to lament things that are going terribly. Instead, you know, I'm going to pontificate here. Instead, we're taught that, you know, it's all good. It's going to be good. And in fact, there is truth to that in some degree. But it isn't all good. Mm. It was at times very hard, very, I didn't know what lamenting was till truthfully, the Jesus Collective kind of taught me that, um, that it was okay to lament things that had happened. And so I, I'm so appreciative of that. Like I wouldn't, you know, Ronnie and I were talking about regrets, um, but that isn't a regret I had last year, like being in seclusion, being, being alone with Jesus, learning about the father, you know, walking through unforgiveness towards people, really getting emotionally healed. I think that was the best part of last year. Mm. I I think even though we 2020 was a challenge of a year um mm-hmm. I feel like we've as a collective as the human race have kind of been forced to realize how important uh being with another human being is when when, when you get something thankfully this for the most part, this wasn't permanent. But having something taken away from you, you don't realize what you had until it's lost. I mean, that that saying is is so true. Not knowing how important just being with somebody, just being able to see them, just seeing them on the street, yeah. just in passing, maybe your neighbor, not being able to to go over to their house and, and have a barbecue or or 
all the all the little things that just added up last year. And I say I say this with faith that it looks like we're we're moving out of it. We're starting to see stuff open back up, which I am very very happy for. Um, but just if if we can glean anything from 2020 is is the the realization of how important each of us are and how much that is important to us so that's that's one thing that i i hope that we can as a collective as a human race realize that hey we're all we're all important and we're we are all going through stuff all the time so so good. So, so good. You know, we, we talk about grace. You know, I, I, I love the name of your podcast, Love and Grace. Um, you know, I think I've had to actually show more love and grace this, this year, especially with the pandemic. You know, people who are anti-maskers, maskers, um, there's a, I've, Jack and I've had this discussion, uh, you know, there was a self-righteousness in each, each, that's what I'm seeing and reading and hearing truthfully is self-righteousness. And like, I wear a mask, you don't wear a mask, or I don't wear a mask, you wear a mask. And, and I have to like push away from that because um, it's, it's, it's not love. You know, either either view, right? If yeah, it yeah. it falls back into the us and them mentality, mm-hmm. where I'm this way and you're that way, so we obviously don't see eye to eye together, and you're now my enemy because of your actions or the way the way you present yourself. Agreed. So so true, and and I um. You know, I see it in the. I'm. I'm gonna go in this water. <laughs> I go see for it, it in the. I see it in the political arena. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I. Um, I. I stay out of that because I. That was the one. Another thing I learned in the, in the collective was that there. There are things happening that if we don't, we can close our eyes to. Right. We. We can close our eyes to the marginalized. And I used to close my eyes to them to some degree, right? You know, I'm half Mexican. I, I don't look it, but um, I, I realized how I've been very fortunate, very fortunate, right? But I shared with my students that I miss that culture, right? My parents divorced when they were, when we were little, we left Arizona and, um, and there's so much value in every culture, right? And that, that that it, that we just don't understand one another. So when, um, so then when I see the things, um, you know, posted, you know, on, uh, I had just to walk away from Facebook for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or unfollow a lot of people because it was triggering me, and uh, I don't want to be triggered by stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I realized that there were things that. I had closed my eyes to in the faith, right? I finished a book um, by Jamar Tisby, right? And um, it was about it was about how um, blacks were treated, 
in the mm. in the church settings and um the color of compromise was the name of it and just kind of opened my eyes like i was clueless and um and so that is the part that changed me greatly right like i don't know it all mm-hmm. and i don't know what somebody went through i can i can only talk about my experience but it's kind of like this joel you're in dayton you and you and Ronnie are in Dayton. Your mm-hmm. experiences right now are not going to be my experiences. Right. And yeah. and there's there's such a judgment on like, well, you know, this experience doesn't equal that experience, right? And so I started really looking at being empathetic, something I haven't always been, right? You know, I'm an eight on the Enneagram, and so a uh, little bit, you know, a little bit angry sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but I started looking at that, and and not about everybody else. I can only control myself, but there is something to be said about having hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's 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 a lost art. Yeah, um, along those lines. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that led up to this, but, um, I felt at one point that, um, I was, let me put it this way. I was a chauffeur in the Dayton area and, um, I felt like I had to be up on the traffic, um, uh, because I'm, I'm driving everywhere. I've got to be, I want to make sure that whoever I'm driving or wherever I'm going, I can get there in expedient time and not not get stuck in traffic. And we have we have traffic occasionally here in Dayton. It's nothing like your big cities like Houston or LA or Chicago or any any big metropolitan areas. We we've, we've got some traffic occasionally. Anyways, um the the station that I chose um would play uh the traffic report every 15 minutes, but that was a talk station. Uh, conservative right-wing talk and I got in in so deep that it was it was affecting the way I thought and I actually was becoming mad with people that even though even though I'm a very very gentle type of person I, I internalized it but I I was being becoming mad with someone who would say something against the way I think of the government should be run or how this or that one thing is going. And I got to a point, Lord showed me that, Hey, you need to take a break. And I took a break. I, I got away from news and, and, uh, right wing stuff for a while. And I was so relaxed. I was so happy. It was wonderful. Um, and then we started coming up to the twenty. 16 elections and right. I was like oh I've got to be up on this so I dug back into all of the talk radio all of the the, the all of the news everything is going on and saw that when, when when we got to the election saw that nobody knew what they were talking about and I was letting them talk into my life it's like nope I'm done with it. So since 2016, I have completely given up on news. 
um, which is, I thought was, I, I feel like has been the best thing. I, one of the best decisions I've made, but um, along those lines, almost a year ago, we went to a John Crowder event and it was the weekend of the Floyd incident. And we didn't know what was going on. There's some sort of uh, demonstration downtown in the city we were we went to, and we, st- we was like we couldn't quite get it, didn't quite know what was going on. Um, I think it was the second or third. No, it was the second um, session of the conference we were at where the the minister was late to the conference. And when he finally came came in, he said, "Oh yeah, I'm late because there's a riot." And we were like, what? Yeah. A like, riot? Like right down, basically right down the About road a mile from, from the yeah. place we were meeting. And there was like tear gas and literally it just all hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, what is happening right now? Yeah. And for the most part, I tried to just let go of it and not, not think about it at all. And then um, I happened to be in school at a a, a a school for broadcasting, and the class that I was in was broad or was news writing. I was not thrilled about news writing, especially being in the position that I was, saying that hey, I need to let go of all news because they would focus, and this is in the book, focus on the sensationalism, what right. bleeds leads, all those things, <laughs> um, and I was like, I was so, I was so against it. I was pushing. I, I, I told my teachers like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what you want me to do, but I I don't feel it in my heart. This is not not the thing I'll do. I'll get I'll get an A in the class, but it's not lining up with my heart. Um, and um, we scheduled because at the time because of COVID, we were doing our classes online. Um, on our way back from the conference, I was gonna be doing the doing my class in the back seat of the car. Um. um, streaming the class and everything. So on our way back, my teacher says, hey, there's an event going on. I want you to write write two reports. I want you to write a national report. I need you to write a local report about this topic of George Floyd. And I got pushed right into the middle of it. And I, I had to do it as as unbiased as possible. And I, I, I believe that at, before that I had been very unbiased and I had to dig deep, many articles, many sides, seeing it from both sides, seeing it from everywhere. And I, I came to a realization, I, even though I've been a very, very nice person, had many friends, um, many friends of of the the African American community. It's just that was to me it was never a thing. It was never there was never a us and them. It was these are my friends, these are family, these are my neighbors. Um but there was actually something deep down that I realized, oop, that's not supposed to be there. This isn't right. And Going through that transition of when we realized, hey, as as a nation, not saying 
everybody knew this. But as a nation, when we saw that this this is a problem, we need to deal with it. I I dug deep. I I read two or three books digging into the problem. What what is the problem? And realizing that hey, yeah, some of that stuff I've been doing, uh, even from a Christian point of view, like dang it, I I've been doing that. So I think before I finished like the first book, I had turned around and sent text messages or emails to friends that I realized that I had I had um, wronged in some way or treated wrong in some way and said, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was a problem and will you, will you forgive me for this? And realizing those little things, that was important. That was something we needed to go through in 2020. We needed to see, hey, there's a problem and we need to deal with it because really we don't want to live that way. We don't want to demean somebody because they, they grew up in a different there are, there are things we get to choose in life, where you're born, what the color of your skin is, and a few other things, what type of family you grow up in. Those are out of your control. There's nothing I can do because someone grew up on the other side of the tracks or someone grew up um, uh, with uh, a different ethnicity than I did. doesn't mean I get to treat them any different. They're still human beings. So just this goes back to love and grace. How are you? How are you treating somebody? Because if you're treating them with the love that Jesus treated everybody, Jesus um, talked to the lady at the at the well. Not supposed to talk to that lady. She's a different different culture. Um, all the other things, Jesus Jesus really went way outside of the comfort zone of most Jewish people. I mean, not most all all Jewish people. <laughs> so seeing those type of things and realizing I need to live that out is really not, not just where this podcast came from, but where my mind and my mindset has been. It's like, dang it, we need to get love and grace all together, every level. So again, <laughs> those are a few of the reasons that, that um, we have this conversation right now, Miss Denise. It, it's so true, Joel. And, um, you know, your generation, let's be honest, you know, I'm, I'm um, older. And, but your generation has, you know, I, I feel like they've had enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, this is enough. And, uh, and I, I, I admire that truthfully. And so, you know, as I'm hearing you say that, that I, there are a couple of things running through my head, you know, first of all, I mean, we have a lot of the same friends, right? Mm -hmm. The three of us. And, um, and I was going to go to that Crowder meeting. But I, I was caretaker that week, but oh, gotcha. um, so, uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you, you, you did apologize because I think that needs to be done, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she just didn't know. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, um, secondly, I think about, you know, about the love and grace, um, that, uh, our mutual friend, Bill Vanderbush, uh, she, uh, a plug for him. Um, <laughs> but, um, 
you know, he, he said this one time and it stuck with me. There are a thousand sides to a story. And so often we only want to hear our side or somebody, you know, else who might agree with us, that side. But we've, we're uncomfortable and, and for many reasons, like, you know, like we didn't know, maybe, you know, we're feeling guilty, um, you know, just well, who knows, right? That um, we can't, we can't hear that side, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, with George Floyd, um, actually I've been promoting this, Cy Dotson, who's from Zanesville originally, but lives in Minneapolis. And he did a documentary on Jack's brother, Josh. Mm. And so um, he, he has um, a documentary about that, about George Floyd, because he lived there, right? He lives in that vicinity and um, being, being released right soon um, called Say His Name. And, um, you know, I've seen, I think that's what hurt me. It actually hurt me to, read comments from, from, you know, from, from the left or the right, right. You know, Jack says this, they both, there, there's a right wing, a left wing. They're still part of the same bird. And um, yes. So um, if, if we can look at people in a different light through love, right. And through grace, I want to talk a little bit about grace before we, we end today, but um then, then, you know, Bill talks about, I'll never forget this teaching about uh, quantum physics. And, and Joel, you were there for the conference when he did just a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the carrier, the carrier wave. If, you know, like the, the, the liberals are bleeding hearts, right? That, that's what they're known for. And, and then the rights are, the right wings are, you know, they're, they're all about facts, Right you know, this, this fact and that fact. And so, but, but neither one has the, the carrier of love through it. Mm-hmm. And, and so with that, if, if our, if our sound wave our if our wave is love, right, we can hear things in a different light. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of the, I'm going to prove you wrong, or I'm going to prove myself right. You know, everything else is lost in translation. People aren't hearing what you're saying because their next thought is I'm going to. And I love a good debate. Don't get me wrong. But their next thing is I'm going to debate whatever you say. Mm -hmm. So we're missing that wave of love. And, And so you're right. You know, you're right, Joel. If if. It's, it's like that whole, I've really been pressing in about, you know, prophecy. We can, we can do all this stuff, right? I, I, I've started to, you know, at first I didn't really like the love chapter, you know, because it was so overquoted. I'm just going to be honest with you. And, but then when I saw all this prophecy coming out, that, that seems to be incorrect, right? And, and, and all this push that is correct. But but no love in it, right? No love. So it doesn't really matter what you prophesy. You're just speaking words, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, I 
you're right about Jesus. He loved everybody, right? And he, he loved the people who were marginalized and the, the people who were religious. That's what I love about him, right? He loved everyone, mm-hmm. even the ones, you know, I say to my friend, um, he loved Judas, mm-hmm. who he knew. He always knew he was going to betray him, mm-hmm. and yet he still loved him. Ate right. dinner with him. Yeah. That's what I love about Jesus, right? And that's what I love about you guys who are pressing and myself and Jack, you know, I, we talk about like heroes in the faith. Jack LaRue is one of my heroes in the faith. Right. And mm-hmm. I live with him. So I, I know, I know <laughs> he's yeah. not pretend that, um, so it's, it's that it's pressing on it's, it's moving towards the goal of love. Right. Yeah. That that's what matters. It's it's not if you could quote, you know, First Corinthians thirteen. It's not it's not what matters. It's is if you're living it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. That, so I want to just jump ahead real quick. I want to talk about grace, right? Okay. Hey, we're all grace people here. I know this, right? We've we've been around each other enough that we we have we love grace, and. Um, I'm just going to turn the tables for a minute. Uh, Joel and um, Ronnie, I want you to tell me about how you discovered grace. Mm. Oh, man. You first, Ronnie. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the host. I can do that. This is awesome. We need to have more more people do this kind of thing. Yes. Oh, man. Grace. I... Oh man, just flooding with things. Um, so I would definitely say that for a long time, I just had this understanding of grace that was um, merely divine forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's grace. Um, you know that I was this idea of like, oh, you did something wrong. Okay, I'm I'm sorry, God, and I'm sorry, people. Um, I forgive you, and then boom, that's grace, is is the forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been interesting because of the, um, the spiritual journey that I've kind of been on so recently. Um, not so recently, but the spiritual journey that I've been on, the things that I've been contemplating and, and just wrestling with, um, I have felt the Spirit playfully invite me back into questioning mm-hmm. these things that is like, oh, grace? Oh, okay, yeah. So what is grace now? Because I think that truth is never changing. Mm-hmm. Our awareness of truth is what changes. So then if gru- uh, gruce, if grace never changes, just our awareness of grace, so then what is grace now? A year from now, what is grace then? Mm-hmm. What is grace going to be? Um, and I was just on a, it was a long drive in between Indianapolis and Dayton. And I just had this moment of feeling like the spirit was like, Hey, you should revisit some old words. And, and I'm a words guy. So I, I love, um, ideas like that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, well, God, what is grace? And I just like, Pun intended, I guess, 
became flooded with this image of standing in a stream. And it was just a, you know, a going at its own pace kind of stream. My feet were in the water. And grace then became constantly the invitation to go in deeper. And to where it's like, well, God, I show me more grace. And it's like, okay, well, take my hand. Let's, let's walk further into the stream of who I am. It's that mm. stream of existence. Like the stream is God. You know, you can yell at a stream all day long. It's just going to keep doing what it's doing. Thus is also God because God's will will persevere. Uh, love will persevere. If grace is God, as we are to identify, like this is an attribute of God, um, a divine quality, then grace will persevere. So then we can look at grace as the welcoming mm -hmm. back. It's, it's like the reaching out of the hand saying, let's go deeper. Mm -hmm. Like that action grace is now an action it is the invitation mm -hmm. to go further and that kind of i don't know that was just a very like mind altering thing <laughs> when i was considering it cuz i'm like oh so grace isn't this i'm sorry god you're it's okay and then everything's fine grace is no this is an action that we are to constantly be an enacted with mm -hmm. yeah so that's that is what grace has become for me in my life right now that's good that's good what about you joel wow um it it for me it it started with the the going back to the roots of of christianity Realizing that some of the things I had learned were some of the, not only things that I learned, things I was uh, following were man-made or man uh, introduced, just like the the six six hundred or six thousand rules that the the Israelites or it, the Jewish people have. Um to make sure that they follow the Ten Commandments. It's it's based on the Ten Commandments, but they've added so much that isn't following it, it's it's saying, okay, to make sure that you don't work on the Sabbath, you can't do this, 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 and this, which could be seen as work. But I, I guess we go back to what Jesus said was Sabbath made for we're, we're we made for the Sabbath or was the Sabbath made for us and realizing that no that the Sabbath was made for us to rest to have a time of rest and not just that one but digging into a bunch of other things that that we have seen as tradition which are not God ordained. So, and seeing, you know, seeing somebody, it's like, oh, that's us and them, you know, back to the us and them type of thing. And realizing love is all about 
everybody. I mean, you, you, you don't just love one person. You love everybody. Jesus loved everybody. Grace is, is something that is so, I would say, fundamentally opposite of, <laughs> of what I had been taught. I mean, I knew grace was something that, that you know, God shows grace, but it was God shows grace to who he wants to was my understanding. And realizing that because of, you know, digging deep, getting back to our roots of Christianity, back to our roots of what Jesus taught and what, what um, uh, all the apostles were teaching afterwards, after Jesus left, is it's we're supposed to love everybody. We're supposed to show grace to everybody. Not only was I shown grace, not only did Jesus show me grace, but he'll show you grace. But the flip side, I'm supposed to act like Jesus. I'm supposed to act like God. And if I see that God has not judged me, God has not, he, God has shown me grace. If I'm supposed to go after that or follow that as a, as a lead, I need to show grace to everyone. I need to love everyone. It's those things. And it's, it's, I won't say it's easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's, not. it's, it's not a challenge, easy. right? It's a challenge for, for me. I, I, I don't want to say I was a, a big, um, a, a bad person when I drove, drove a car, but, um, I I do remember being in times where I thought I I hope you crash. Just the way you just treated me. I hope you crash. Right, right. Um and realizing oh, here's a big one. Here's a big one. I was that guy when I I realized this now that this was this was talked about in the Bible and Jesus spoke against this. Um but I was the guy when I saw a car that was either had a bad exhaust, no exhaust, bumper hanging off, trunks tied down with a uh, bungee cord, tr uh, hoods tied down with a bungee cord, doors taped up, windows taped up. I would say, thank you, Lord, that I don't have a car like that. Thank you, Lord, that I don't drive, drive a vehicle like that. And <laughs> I was reminded of, of how to pray. And it's like, don't, don't go around praying and saying, oh, thank you that I'm not like the Gentiles. Thank you that I'm not like these guys that don't follow you. It was, Lord, th yes, thank you for blessing me. But also, I pray that, that, that this person over here, that their car is not working right. I, I pray that you, you, show, you um, help them fix it. Bring people into their life to help them fix it. Get that car fixed. Because that's not how you want them to live. You don't want them to live with a bumper hanging off and, and right. window taped up and um, whatever. You, you want them to live, I don't want to say a normal life. You want them to live with with um, things you, that don't stress you out all the time over st stupid stuff. You want things to be left better than when you found them. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Uh, so... 
yeah, that was that was a big a big change for me realizing that dang, I've been living like a Pharisee, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and when I would see something bad, it's like, oh, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. It, it turned into Lord. I hope that I pray that you you get someone in their life that can help them straighten that out. If it's if it's money is the issue, if if time's the issue, whatever the thing is, to to help them get that straightened out, instead of the the you know, I'm glad I'm not like that. So I, that's a weird way of saying talking about grace, but grace is is way beyond those little things. And I wish I had more time to explain this, but those, it's just grace, grace in, in flesh and bones here in reality is everywhere. And it's just how, how are we engaging with it? Are, are, how are we putting, oh, is it, I think it was mother Teresa said that um, God has no hands or feet except us. Teresa Vivia. Teresa Vivia, right. You, you had yeah. spoken about that yeah. a few, pa- few episodes yeah. ago. Um, that, is, that is so important to realize that we are God's hands and feet. We are the means of how God reaches out to everybody else. Not, not saying that he won't mir- uh, miraculously do something, because we, we've got history seeing that happen. Either someone someone being saved, um, their car careening off a highway, or whatever, and then being saved, and not being hurt in a situation, or not dying in a situation where everyone says you should have died. Yes. But even the little things, I don't know how many times I've come across something. The Lord's told me, "Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Go talk to this person. Go go do this or that," and. As I'm ending that conversation, that person says, oh, you must be an angel. I'm like, I know I'm not an angel. I, I know I'm not. <laughs> this, is, this is really me. Um, but I am, I am living out what I believe, well, how I believe Jesus lived his life and wanted us to live his life. And if that is so contrary to the norm, then I'm going to be a rebel. I mean, it's it's a weird way of looking at it, but that's that's how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to be God's hands and feet in everything. So good. What one of the things I love what you're talking about, you know, well, the love part, it is it is it is so very hard. You know, I think it is the greatest commandment that Jesus gave, right? To mm-hmm. love people like he loved the disciples. And um, and so it, it's hard to walk that out. It's anybody who says it's easy, I, I just have to question, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I know how hard it is. Um, you know, the grace thing, um, I, did a, I did a study with a group of people on Reckless Grace, Bill and Britt's book. And, and I just recently, you know, I just remembered a, uh, something, a prayer, Daniel Kalenda, I'm going to name drop there only for a reason, because it was so supernatural, you know, um, uh, we, we were in a hotel, we were in a hotel, uh, 
elevator with him, but <laughs> that it stopped. He was on the wrong floor. Everything was wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And then he it, the doors closed. He hit the button to go somewhere else, and it opened back up, and he got in the elevator with us. But he prayed this prayer over us, and I was reminded today that we would have the grace to walk the path that Jack and I were on. Mm. And I know. And it's so it's a different meaning to me now, right? Like, what is that? What is the grace to walk the path, right? Well, it tells me it's not going to be easy, mm-hmm. right? We, we need that. And we need it for ourselves. We need it towards others. But I just recently started a book, uh, Bible study. For a long time, I just didn't study the Word. You know, I've seen people beat each other up with it for so long. Mm-hmm. That uh, I just was like, uh, I'm done with that. So, and I might have been one of those people. Joel, you said about being a Pharisee. Sometimes I'm probably still a Pharisee. Um, it's 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 hard to get out of that that mindset. I mean, we, I don't want I don't want to say that it's something that we grew up with. It's just something that's natural to fall into. Right, right. No, I think we were. I think we did grow up with that. I think we those who were in the church, right? That's all they knew. And, um, you know, you, you, you impart into people what you know. And um, so, and I could be wrong, right? Because that's just my own thought. And I came through that thought, you know, our friends love to uh, quote Galatians. You know, we have a lot of friends that love the grace and uh, especially our Fort Wayne friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so uh, I started a book by Beth Moore. You know, I love Beth Moore. Just so on fire, so, you know, just right there, taking the hit, um, you know, for for being really a grace-filled woman. And um, it started talking about Galatians, which I've read I don't know how many times. But this time I saw something different, right? And it talked about grace and um, that it was always the grace of Jesus Christ for us to be free. Like we're already free, mm-hmm. right? And people who who and how um, and I read it in the Passion Translation, which I love, and it talks about how you know really when you're teaching anything but liberty in Christ, you're bringing people back into bondage. Mm-hmm. And so, so. You know, I, I feel like in this grace movement, which is different for everybody else, that, that the word grace, I heard it from you differently than I heard it from Ronnie, and, and you've heard it differently from me, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's Jesus. Jesus is grace, right? It's a, it talks about, you know, the grace of Jesus Christ. And um, so I, I, I'm, I've looked at Galatians so differently now, like it's, it's, Beth, actually, I'm going to say, I'm going to quote something she said. Legalistic people can't bear liberty. Mm. Huh. Right? And when I heard that, and I know that we are moving in such a way in this next, for however many eras, right? We don't know, Right. I, I believe there is such a movement coming with grace that that not only for ourselves, that, that it's going to mean different meanings to 
whatever that person is experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so that, that we are freedom bearers. You know, Joel, you're a freedom bearer. Mm-hmm. Ronnie, you're a freedom bearer. And the more people that we, we extend grace to, including ourselves, right? We've never really been taught how to give ourselves grace, especially making a mistake, right? And I, I battled that truthfully like i you know i can give grace to people who make a mistake but it's a little bit harder sometimes on myself but i believe that we're just coming into an era you know where where there's such a flow of love and really grace towards one another and that and that you know people who love to quote the word you know this is a word right here that that legalism it's gone, right? Like we don't need legalism. It, what happens is that people are are rebelling in such a harmful way to themselves. It's not about, and then it becomes harmful to someone else, right? Keeping all the rules becomes harmful. Like you, Joel, you talked about the, um, you know, about this, I think it's 613, maybe 14 laws, right? They, they just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, one good thing that my parents didn't do when we were growing up in the church, right? They couldn't tell us we couldn't play cards. Let's think about that. Right? Like, you can't play cards. They didn't tell us that. Where we grew up with people who were told they could not play cards. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happened was that it, it just caused people to to hook somebody else into the legalism and to, and to be bound and they're always bound and they're always worried about what people would think about if they really knew that, that they played cards mm-hmm. or they listened to music that wasn't, you know, Christian music. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe, I believe there's good in everything, including music by, you know, um, I get, I, there's a, there's a phrase out of, uh, um, I go to Taylor uh, and uh, with Bon Iver and it just brings me to tears, right? Like it's like, I can just imagine Jesus in that, like he's there. So I feel like this is the best time to be alive. You know, the, the best time for you guys to step out, the best time to, to watch a movement, right? That's, that's nothing political, Nothing, you know, nothing, just Jesus. It's, it's, and then Jesus bringing us to the Father, who really, we talk about him, right? Mm-hmm. We always talk about you know, the Lord's Prayer, or, um, you know, the Papa God, you know, from the shack. And, but, but it's really about Jesus bringing us back to relationship with, with the Father, you know, and, and loving us and, and us loving him. And really, that's what spreads the family love. It's knowing the father. Mm-hmm. So that's all, I, that's all I got, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, again, a wonderful time. And I hope we can get uh, people can get a hold of this and share this with everybody. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining thank us you. on this episode. Um, remember, like, comment, subscribe. Share this. We're on uh, the audio podcast is on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And the video is on YouTube, Love and Grace Podcast. So, guys, 
Thank you for joining us. Denise, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you guys. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm glad Ronnie could join us today. Absolutely. I I was so happy that I got a chance to to talk with Denise and catch up a little bit. And lady, oh my goodness, I can't wait until I can see you and give you a big old hug. I know it. We miss you. We miss you all. And um, we hope, you know, we'll have a um, gathering when we're allowed. Um, (laughs) Right? so to uh, really just really just as I said before, organically grow and love one another. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Again, guys, thank you for joining us and catch us yeah. next time right here on the Love and Grace podcast. <laughs>